It's Fox Top 5, the podcast where the hosts always agree to disagree. This week on Fox Top 5, John Roberts. One of the reasons I really like it is because I can play it with my son uh, on the drums. He, d- he does that intro. And Janice Dean. Don't you love introducing your kids to these great songs, too? They just don't make them like they used to. Come together to share their top five rock and roll artists. Here are this week's hosts, John and Janice. Welcome to the Fox Top 5. I'm John Roberts, co-anchor of America Reports on the Fox News Channel. And today I am joined by my very good friend, uh, fellow DJ and almost fellow former VJ, Fox News senior meteorologist Janice Dean. How are you, Janice? Oh, John Roberts, I have to tell you, I, I have to appreciate this moment for what it is because... Back in the 80s, I watched you on Much Music, which is our version of MTV in Canada. We were both born in Toronto, and we worked in Canada for many years. I wanted so much one day to work with you, introducing music videos. So to have this happen today, to announce our top five classic rock artists of all time, is like the universe finally listening to one of my biggest fangirl moments and making it happen. So thank you so much, Fox News Radio. <laughs> this is a lot of fun, and what's interesting is that your career and mine had some interesting parallels. For example, when you first went to Shea FM uh, in Ottawa, you were a Sunscoop reporter, correct? Oh my gosh, yes. How do you know this? I'm so impressed. The internet's a wonderful thing. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to go to Ryerson for radio and television arts, but then I decided that I was going to go to the University of Toronto to be pre-med. However... When I bailed out of the University of Toronto because I found that working at the radio station there at the university was a lot more fun than going to my labs, I applied to CFRB Radio, which was, of course, the the big sort of adult radio station in Canada, to be a good news reporter, which would have been like being a Sunscoop reporter at JFM. But you know what? They they wouldn't take me. Why? Uh, I I guess they didn't like me. But you know who they did take? Who? Jeannie Becker. (gasps) Who you worked (laughs) with? At Much Music. I worked music. with on Much Music, and we created the new music together. So, uh, JD, our parallels uh, go back, and they are long, they are rich, and so this is going to be a lot of fun. Well, and I have to just admit that I did submit my tape and resume to Much Music back in the late 80s, early 90s, and I was like a finalist. They were looking at my tape, and then finally I was waiting and waiting and waiting for them to call me back. I was planning my trip to Toronto and meeting you and introducing like Def Leppard on Much Music, and then I called and said, hey, you know, did you get my tape? Are you going to call me back? And they said, well, you know, you're too polished. I remember that. <laughs> you're too. We need edgy here at Much Music, and I was like, I'll never get yeah. to work with John Roberts. Well, I had left by that time anyways. Uh, oh, so it wasn't meant to be. No, I left in 87 to go back into news, which is where I originally started my career. But, J.D., they missed a big one <laughs> by not putting you on there. Polish or not, you know, diamonds have to be polished, and it's okay for a media personality to be polished as well. I think you would have done great. And what you should have done was reached out to me because I would have done whatever I could have <laughs> Well, listen, it all worked out, right? Because... We probably wouldn't be here right now if that had happened. So I'm grateful for whatever the universe threw at us to finally bring us together on this day in this moment. 
you know, life is an interactive movie. If you turn right, you go through one career path. If you turn left, you go through a different one. If you continued straight, it would be a third path. And and the path that we walked uh, got us to where we are today. I love so it. So listen, we're supposed to do some business here. Let's so every do week it. on this every week on this podcast, Fox hosts, reporters, and personalities get together to share their top five of any given topic. So today, in honor of the 36th annual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony that just took place in Cleveland. Janice and I are here today to talk about our top five favorite rock and roll artists. Number five. J.D., lead us off. What's your number five? All right, number five. I had to go Canadian uh, because we're both born in Toronto and we both grew up listening to this band. And I'm sure also introducing them uh, on much music and on classic rock radio. But Getty Lee is my number five. Of course, he is musician, singer, songwriter, best known as the lead vocalist and bassist and keyboardist for the Canadian rock group Rush. And I love this band so much. Actually, when my husband and I first met, he told me the very first concert he went to see here in New York was Rush. So that was bonus points in his favor. And I was actually at the um, ceremony when they were inducted as the Officer of the Order of Canada on May wow. 9th, 1996. I was in the in the crowd at the NAC, and then they were inducted as the first rock band uh, as the Order of Canada, and in 2013, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, I've been, I've been friends with Alex Lifeson for a long time now, and I still think that the acceptance speech that he gave at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when, when Rush was inducted as one of the all-time classics. I would have all, to agree with that. All, all, for, for those of you at home who didn't see this speech, he got up there and literally told the entire history of Rush using only the word blah. He went blah, 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 blah. And, and, the, and the gestures and the gesticulations that he was making told the entire story. It was absolutely brilliant. I mean, J.D., I've got, I've got to agree with you. I've known those guys for a long time. Uh, Alex and I go way back. We've played guitar together. We've played golf together. Rush is brilliant. There's no question about that. Now, let, let me ask, before we move on, how did you compile your list? It was tough because I, I mean, I love this genre of music. I played it for many years. I still listen to it. I think it has to do with the bands that I played in the in the late mm-hmm. 80s and the 90s, probably. And the ones that I just have this kind of, I don't know, this uh, affection for, maybe personally in a way. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, you go towards bands like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, but I wanted to have something personal that affected me to make my decisions. Oh, well, then you're going to be very disappointed with me, number one. <laughs> and, and and for me, my criteria was, this, this is not some, you know, high-minded analysis of who was the best musician and who used a minor 11th chord in this progression. This is all, these are people that I listened to when I was young. Yeah. Because rock and roll is all about being young. And even now at my advanced age, I still like to feel young by playing the same rock and roll that I listened to when I was a teenager. So my number five, and it's interesting because I know these guys well now, and I go see them in concert all the time, and I'm very good friends uh, with the guitarist and lead vocalist and the keyboard player, Sticks. Yes! Out of Sticks. They were one of my favorite because I remember when I was 18 years old, uh, I was living in the in the basement uh, <laughs> of my dear mother, dearly departed mother's home, and I got a stereo system. And I bought these speakers, and I hung them up from the ceiling, and I would have 
parties in the rec room, and I would put on sticks and crank Lorelei to 11. <laughs> and I went to see them in concert at Maple Leaf Gardens, and little did I know at that time that I'd become very good friends with Tommy Shaw. I'm good friends with Larry Gowan, who, of course, took over for Dennis DeYoung yep. as the keyboardist and, and co-lead vocalist. Uh, so Sticks is just, it's part of my formative experience in listening to rock and roll. I believe that they belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They're still out there playing more than 100 dates every year and, and still loving every minute of it. COVID clearly clipped their wings for a while, but uh, they're back out this fall. Unfortunately, not coming anywhere near where I am. Uh, but they they are definitely my top five. My I love five. it. That's a good one. And they're not in the rock and roll uh, the rock and roll hall of fame yet. I don't believe they are. Oh, well, I maybe mean, we need I to could, make that happen. I could be mistaken, but uh, let's go to that famous internet again. <laughs> let's do it. They have to be. Uh, they they are not. Well, then they need to be listening. Fans petition for Sticks' long overdue Rock Hall induction. Well, if they are inducted, I vote for you as the announcer to to do the honors. Yeah, I would I would love that. that I would, would be absolutely awesome. love it. Number four. Okay, so we're doing number four now. Number four. Here we go. Eric Clapton, one of the most important oh, yeah. guitarists of all time. Now, people don't realize that he was in a lot of bands like the Yardbirds, Cream, Blind mm-hmm. Faith, Delaney and Bonnie, Derek and the Dominoes. He went solo. He's also good friends with George Harrison and the Beatles, played on While My Guitar Gently Weeps, uh, sold more than 280 million records, I think, and was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist. Uh, in March of 2000, uh, but he was also previously inducted as a member of Cream and the Yardbirds. And I think he's the only person to be three-time inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I love him. I've seen him several times in concert. Uh, truly one of the most uh, amazing guitar uh, guitarists of all time. Yeah, he, he, he really is. There's no question about it. And what I love about the Yardbirds is, you, you know who went through the Yardbirds? Three guitar gods, yeah. Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, and uh, <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, Jeff Brain, Beck. you know what? Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page in the Yardbirds. That's right. Yep. Jimmy it- Page originally played bass in the Yardbirds. That's very cool. And you know, back in my classic rock DJ days, I would always love to give those little tidbits as teasers before I would play the song. So I would say, coming up, uh, an artist that was with the Yardbirds with Eric Clapton after the break. And then, you know, you would come after the break and say, oh, this was, you know, Jimmy Page before he was in Led Zeppelin. And it was very cool. And I, I, I love doing that stuff. So my number four is Michael Jackson, because and and this is this is Michael Jackson before he went all weird with the plastic surgery and yep. the Neverland and, and all of that. I remember, and I can't remember the year it was, but for a number of years in Toronto, I used to host the New Year's Eve party at Nathan Phillips Square, and Ronnie Hawkins would be the band every year, and we'd have a lot of guest artists, and we would just rock out in the freezing cold temperatures uh, there in downtown Toronto. And and I remember one night uh, after the uh, the party, we went over to the producer of the new music, John Martin's house, uh, dearly departed John Martin, and we put on the Motown special where Michael Jackson performed Billie Jean mm. and, and did the, the moonwalk and everything. And, and that just for me cemented 
in, in, into my psyche, just the importance of Michael Jackson as an artist. I'd followed him from his early days in the Jackson 5, but that, that was when the Thriller album had come out with all those groundbreaking videos and really catapulted Michael Jackson to, to a place where you know, very few other artists had, had ever been. Um, Man in the Mirror, still one of my favorite songs of all time. I think it's just brilliant. But whatever he put his mind to, he just excelled at. Of course, later in life, he had a lot of difficulties. But mm-hmm. during that time, in the early 1980s, wow, he was at the top of his game. He really was. And I remember that uh, that whole performance of Billie Jean as well. Who could forget? And he, I think that was the first time he did the moonwalk. Uh, and it just, uh, I don't know, you're absolutely right. There was something really magical about him during that time. And it, it is unfortunate to, to look back and see all the, you know, the, the tabloid stuff that we had to, to see and, and sort of the demise of, of himself and his career. But when you go back to that magical time, he really yep. was, um, he was just, he was a, an individual. Nobody could be Michael Jackson. He was just, he was, he was the true definition of a superstar. Number three. You're number three. Number three. I had to include a female uh, rock artist here. And I think, you know, that was hard to do because there's many of them. Uh, I love Janis Joplin. I mm-hmm. love Chrissy Hind. Uh, I love Deborah Harry, but I had to pick Stevie Nicks. Uh, obviously, singer songwriter, producer, known with her work with Fleetwood Mac and a solo artist. Uh, She has this beautiful, distinctive voice, unbelievable stage presence. Um, Rumors, of course, was their big album, one of the biggest, best-selling albums of all time. Uh, And she actually was the first woman to have been inducted twice into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of Fleetwood Mac in 1998 and then as a solo artist in 2019. I think she's amazing. She still sounds awesome. uh, And her career is just fabulous yeah she is no question a tremendous tremendous talent uh i remember i interviewed lindsey buckingham when he came through toronto in probably 1980 or 81 and he and stevie nicks who had been married and discovered at sound city by the way you should watch that documentary it's a great story about how fleetwood mac was discovered uh and i said to to lindsey buckingham i said so stevie nicks do you still love her and he looked at me like he wanted to kill me (laughs) And he said, uh, yeah, uh, I guess I do. And, and 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 the record rep jumped in. What the, are you asking, why are you asking him that question? What the hell kind of a question is that? I said, I was curious. Yes. I mean, she's a beautiful woman. She's an incredible talent. They were married. Now they're broken up. Does he still love her? <laughs> that was a perfect uh, question because we, I mean, that's been the question of their lives even up until this moment. I think they did. Uh, an interview with Lindsey Buckingham that I read recently where they still said, like, what's going on with you guys? You know, they got back together. They broke up with with uh, Fleetwood Mac. And yeah. I think they're always they're always going to have this love hate relationship. And that was sort of like, you know, everybody wanted to know if they were you know, back together or still loved one another. So that was a well, that was a that was an excellent question. He reluctantly told me that they that he still loved her, even if she didn't love her. you're a my, go ahead. My number three, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 1996, David Bowie. Yes. Oh, his death in recent years, it was such a tragedy because he was such a towering talent. And I loved the chameleonic nature of his career as well. You know, Ziggy Stardust, the Thin White Duke. I saw him at the Us Festival in, um, what year was that? Uh, 1983, I think. 
1983. Us Festival, where he was the headliner one night. I was right in front of the stage with our camera, and he came out to do... He started off the show with Modern Love, and mm. oh my God, it was just... It was an amazing, amazing moment to behold. It was really incredible. So, And what's great is my 10-year-old son is a drummer of extraordinary talent, more talent than he even realizes he has. He's now at the School of Rock because his drum teacher, who was Jeff Plate, who was the drummer for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, had to go back out on tour. And so he had to stop his drum lessons. But he's now in the performance program at the School of Rock. And a lot of the songs that they're playing are uh, David Bowie songs. And, and last night I was watching him as I picked them up and they were playing Space Oddity. Mm. And he's doing all these Tom fills. Read the part here am I sitting in my tin can. He's doing these really atmospheric Tom fills. And I said to him, I said, wow, you really learned that quickly. He said, what do you mean learned that? I made all that up. <laughs> and I was blown away. Oh wow! What a that's amazing that your your kids are musical as well. That's that's incredible. I just yeah, and my my ten year old daughter's writing songs too. That's uh, you know my kids. Uh, one of the first things we wanted them to do is learn how to play piano because I think that just opens you up to so many uh, important like lessons in your life. Not only are you le- learning music, but I really believe it opens up parts of your mind to doing math and oh and, yeah, you know doing well in school. And so they both are beautiful piano players. And they also play cello. And I think, you know, they don't play a lot of sports, John, but I'm so grateful that we've introduced, you know, music into their lives because I think that's going to take them really further in life than than maybe a sports career would. And, and, and I mean, you're absolutely right about that. Music op, uh, music occupies the same part of the brain as math and language does. And so you're really giving them a leg up when it comes to uh, their schoolwork. And how many people do you run into who are in their 20s who say, yeah, my mom made me take piano when I was young, but then I didn't want to do it because it was hard, so I quit. But boy, now I wish, I really wish I could play the piano. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And David Bowie, um, what a great choice. I mean, Let's Dance is probably one of my favorite all-time songs. And I remember seeing him with Bing Crosby, you know, that Christmas yep. special doing mm-hmm. The Little Drummer Boy. He just had this beautiful voice, beautiful way about him. I never got to meet him, but he just looked like a perfect gentleman uh, and just such a talent. I interviewed him once, and that was one of the seminal moments of, of my career in music. The countdown continues after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Number two. All right, you're number two. Okay, number two. I got to give it up to Steven Tyler, of course. Uh, lead singer of Boston-based rock group Aerosmith. Early 70s with great hits like Dream On, one of my favorite songs of all time, Sweet Emotion, Walk This Way. And, of course, that was remade by Run DMC in the 80s, and they even got even bigger. I mean, that sort of was the resurgence of Aerosmith in the 80s. Uh, and then they had all sorts of great albums after that. And, of course, songs like Dude Looks Like a Lady, and crazy and loving an elevator and then 2001 they were inducted into the rock and roll rock and roll hall of fame uh one of the coolest kindest rock stars i've ever met uh there was a moment in time where i think i probably could have gone on a date with him and it would have changed my whole trajectory john roberts uh, yeah, it was just in like, more ways than one yes yes let's just say uh i remember it well and it was like hmm if i had actually maybe gone down that road i would have you know, my whole life would have been different. Well, you know what? 
<laughs> Shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? That's right. And, um, and, 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 and don't wish for things that, that, that didn't happen. Because, I, well, if, because if they did, maybe things wouldn't have worked out. Well, exactly. But, but he, he was a very kind, charismatic person and, and still is quite a performer. Uh, well into his oh, 70s. Yeah. He's just amazing. Can you imagine, whatever happened to the old Pete Townsend uh, line, I hope I die before I get old. These these guys are all, in their, they're in their late 60s and 70s, and they're still doing it almost in the same way that they were when they were 25 years old. Absolutely. Right? So my number two is Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. um, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995. But for me, the seminal moment... Uh, where they were honored was in 2012 at the Kennedy Center Awards. If if you haven't seen that, go to YouTube and watch it. It's absolutely phenomenal. But Led Zeppelin was such a formative part of of my youth. Uh, you know, when I, I remember dropping the needle on Led Zeppelin two, that was the first Led Zeppelin album I I bought, and it was just it literally bounced the needle off the vinyl. It was so heavy. Uh, and they they really were the quintessential rock and roll, heavy rock uh, gods to me. Uh, Robert Plant's voice, Jimmy Page's playing, John Bonham's drumming was unparalleled. And I used to crank that in my car so loud that the speakers were literally coming out of the doors. But it was so much, so much fun to listen to. What's your what? If you could, what's one of your favorite Led Zeppelin songs? Um, I, I really like rock and roll. Yep. And one of the one of the reasons I really like it is because I can play it with my son mm. uh, on the drums. He do, he does that intro, and he does it phenomenally because everybody thinks it comes in on the one, but I believe it comes in on the three. And, yeah. and many people who are playing on the drums get it wrong, but he gets it right. Don't you love uh, introducing your kids to these great songs? Do they just don't make them like they used to? Yeah, no, they they don't. They, there hasn't been a good song written since 1990. <laughs> okay, are we into number one here? Number. 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 Number one. Number one. We are at number one, JD. Okay, this was really hard because there are so many wonderful artists, but... I have to go with Prince. Uh, it just one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Uh, he was not only you know a great musician. He wrote his music, and uh, Purple Rain was one of those films I remember going to see and just going, "Holy moly, this is unbelievable!" Because not only is a, he a great actor, and then you found out that was based on his whole life, but that soundtrack was just every time I hear it. Uh, Purple Rain, Let's Go Crazy, all those songs, they just kind of bring me back to my teenage years. And so he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2004. Obviously, that was really important, and he played a lot of his great songs. But the moment that I remember was when he went on stage uh, as the tribute to George Harrison, and he stole the show with that incredible guitar solo. Mm -hmm. It was, I just uh, watched that video with my sons the other day, and the hair on your arms goes up, you know, goes up. And it was just, he's, I miss him. Like when he died, you know, just a few years back, I never got to meet him, but 
you just knew there was something very special, almost like a Michael Jackson thing, where yeah. he was mm-hmm. just born to be a superstar. And then the other thing that I remember is watching uh, the Super Bowl in 2006, where he was the guest. I don't even remember who was playing the Super Bowl. I just tuned in to watch Prince, and it was one of his most memorable performances because it poured rain. So oh not goodness. only was it like dangerous for him to actually be performing all of his greatest hits, but it was pouring rain, and he just nailed it, and he's just one of the greatest performers of all time. Yeah, it's it's really a shame that he was he was taken way too soon yep. from, from a drug overdose. It, it just... <sighs> You know how many how many great talents have we lost in a similar fashion? It's true. Really is just a shame. Yep. Uh, my number one, much to your disappointment. <laughs> no, not disappointment at all. Be- because this is this is the group that changed my perspective on music, and I mean, it was just it was one of those. It was like watching the first episode of The Matrix, where your brain says, "What in the world is going on here? I can't figure this out because I've never seen anything like this before." It's so groundbreaking. Well, that's that's the way uh, these guys uh, were when it comes to music. Because I had been listening to my brother's records. I was a very small kid at the time, so I've been listening to Marty Robbins, Oh White Sport Coat, and the Pink Carnage. You know, yeah. uh, the Letterman, the Four Lads. Uh, Elvis Presley was out at that point. He was shaking things up. But when I dropped the needle on the Beatles album Help. And heard those four voices come in. Hell, I just thought, oh, what, what is this? I've never heard anything like this before in my life. Oh my god, oh my god! And I played the album through again and again and again. And by the time that I finished with it that day, it was skipping all over the place because I had a crap little portable record player with an eight-inch speaker, and the needle was probably made out of an old rusty shovel. But I couldn't believe what I was hearing, and the, the fact that they. They had more number one songs than most bands did songs in total in their very, very short career. So there's there's no question that as much as you may be disappointed. No, I am not. in, In me taking an obvious choice. The Beatles are the number one band uh, ever for me, simply because of the way they changed my life as a very young boy. Well, and they changed every musician's life, I think. Uh, And I would agree with you. I think the Beatles probably are the greatest rock group of all time. You don't even have to put rock in there. I just think group. If you're going to put like something in a time capsule for people to open up a hundred years from now, it should be the Beatles, uh, an album of theirs. And we were talking about my kids learning piano. Uh, some of their favorite songs to play are the Beatles, and uh, and it's and their favorite group, like my oldest says, is the Beatles. So there is something magical and beautiful about them. There, you know, obviously they had careers on their own as well, you know, um, and successful and careers. They, and they, they they were titanic musical talents. Absolutely. And you, know, and you say your kids are into them. What I what I love is. My 10-year-old son has got the iconic picture of the Beatles coming down off the airplane when they landed in New York City to do the Shea Stadium concert above his bed. Mm. That's so amazing, John. It really, it just truly shows you how wonderful these these musicians are and to be able to introduce them to our children and they'll introduce them to their children because it's t- their music is timeless and we just... 
You know, there's there's great bands out there, great new artists, but you have to go back and appreciate what these four guys did because it truly was magic. Yeah, you know, the 1960s and the early 1970s was a transformative period in music. You know, everything since then has been derivative. Mm-hmm. And and I joke that there hasn't been a good song written since 1990. There hasn't, but there, <laughs> there are some songs that are pretty catchy out there. I'm really into country music now yeah. because I'm, I'm just so done with the direction that pop music is going. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of country, but, you know, it's very formulaic to a large degree as well. So that's why I always go back to those original artists of the 1960s and 70s who really were doing something completely different, whether they believed it was going to be commercially successful or not. I love your top five, and I hope we can do this again because this has just been such a pleasure for me. You know what's interesting is they wanted us to talk for 10 to 15 minutes. We're, we're about a half an hour into it now, and I could I could talk for another hour and a half. I feel the same way. I got to say, like, I love my career at Fox. I love doing the weather. There is just something so magical about, you know, going back and being a DJ and spinning tunes and the records, John. I mean, that just like physically holding a record and putting when you said put the needle on the record. Um, it's just, you know, and being able to like cue it up and and have another, you know, another record go into it. So it like it, it, it just went so well together. I mean, there's just something so I don't know. I miss it so much. And this this really brought back such a wonderful time in my life. So I thank you for Reliving that. Reliving the glorious <laughs> days of our misspent youth. I love it. You know what's really, really funny? Yeah. Is my kids know what, what a vinyl record is, but they don't know what a CD is. Oh. Because vinyl's coming back. And I'm all for that, by the way. Bring it back. I love vinyl. That was great. CDs are, you know, they're very convenient, but I love vinyl. Me too, my friend. Well, I don't w- ask me about the A-track player that I had in my Pinto. <laughs> oh, I remember the A-tracks. I remember those very well as well. You know what Stupid here did? Uh, I was trying to figure out how to put an A-track player in my mother's Pinto, and there was nowhere to mount it flat, so I mounted it on its side, never thinking that an A-track has to be flat in order to re-spool. So oh. I, threw, I threw an A-track of Pink Floyd that I had just bought. Uh, into the 8-track player, and within a half a second, it was munched and spilling out all over the place because oh. it wasn't rewinding on, oh, the, on the wheel. Oh, no. Duh. <laughs> well, it brought me back because I remember those. And carts. Remember, like, putting the carts in the at the radio station and making Absolutely. sure that they were queued up? Oh, we could go on and on, John Roberts. 1050 Chum, the rock of Toronto. Oh, Classic rock, Shea yeah. 106. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, we have to do this again. I'm, this has to happen because it's brought such joy to my life. I want to thank everyone for oh, listening. Oh, but hang on, hang on. Before okay, we go, go what? one other parallel. Right? Yes, yes. Your, your nickname is JD. Yes. Right? And when I was on the radio and on Much Music, my name was JD Robbins. You have so to. There's, how did that there's come about? Tell okay. me. When I, when I joined Chum Radio. Yep. Uh. They said, John Roberts, oh, we don't really like that. Okay, here, here, we, here's a choice. You could either be long John Roberts, which I have nothing to back up. Right, right. <laughs> or, or you can be J.D. Roberts. So I thought, let me be J.D. Roberts. Well, I love this because in my book, Mostly Sunny, I talk about the fact how I was just a huge J.D. Roberts fan. And, well, I go into great detail, uh, and you can read that on Mostly Sunny. Um, But to actually have this moment and, like, J.D. and J.D., J.D. squared is, like, blowing my mind. 
Love it. I love love you, JD. I love you too, my friend. So we'll wrap it up and say this to be continued. Thank you to everyone for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell the folks at Fox Radio that you love the JD Squared. Uh, Spotify, (laughs) foxnewspodcast.com. Let us know your top five favorite rock and roll artists. And you have been listening to such a treat. Top five on the Fox News Podcast Network. JD, JD Roberts, John Roberts, I love you, buddy. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Love you too, JD. See you soon. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.